Hi, my name is Doug Coombs, and I would like to welcome you to Independent Agents Talk Shop. I am the Chief Marketing Officer at SIAA, which is the largest alliance of independent insurance agencies in the United States. I'm going to be your host today and in the future, and in the future, that will be good that I'm just your host because you want, don't want me to be talking to you the whole time, uh, as will be the case today, so I, uh, I ask for your indulgence. Um, why is SIAA hosting this podcast series? Well, having just reached $9.1 billion in total written premium at the end of April and having signed 13% of the country's independent agencies as members, we have access to some real knowledge and experience, and it's our hope to bring it to light through this podcast series. We have a focus on driving member agency income and value here at SIAA, and the knowledge and experience we and those with whom we do business can help you do the same thing, drive income and value for your agency. So really, this series will be about sharing successes and failures, discussing ideas and concepts, as well as talking about trends and events impacting the independent insurance agency channel. Ultimately, I'd like to have future guests who talk about some of the experiences they have that worked well or didn't work much at all. But either way, those are learnings that can help independent agents consider what actions to try and perhaps what actions to avoid. We're aiming for 30-minute segments in order to have time to dig into subjects, but not just belaboring points or filling airtime. In other words, we'll have a reasonable and meaningful conversation without dragging it on and on. And hopefully that's what we uh, that's what we achieve in terms of making you good use of your time as you listen to our podcast and hear from your peers as well as some of our uh, some of our strategic partners in the form of uh, insurance companies and also uh, there could be vendors that are related to the use of technology such as you know, website offerings and um, other technology mobile apps etc. So. That all being said, I'd like to use the remainder of our time today to talk a bit about a subject I have a little knowledge on, and that would be marketing and communications. And we won't get into real depth on any one component of marketing or communications, but rather kind of present an overview of some of the things you should be considering, I believe, when it comes to marketing. Things have changed a bit, not just in the last decade, but in the last three to four months. And uh, so it's important that you give consideration to what it is your target audience wants to use uh, or, or how they want to consume content from you, whether it be marketing, communications, or uh, any, anything else where you're exchanging thoughts, ideas, or information. So that means that you have a, a lot of choices um, and you probably should use more than one uh, medium uh, in order to reach your existing customers and your prospects because uh, they will have uh, their own predilection in terms of how they want to be communicated with, right? How they want you to communicate to them. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. That having been said, almost all means of communications and marketing that we've had around for years are still valid. It's just that we had now have new channels, new media uh, to utilize in terms of the ongoing communication. And obviously, our first thought would be that age has something to do with it. And in many cases, that would be an accurate uh, assumption. But there are also uh, exceptions to every rule. 
And so that just makes your um, your approach a little more complex if you let it get to that point. And by that, I mean, uh, if you use multiple channels that will really incorporate uh, most of your customers, your existing clients, and your prospects, then you have covered the uh, the bases that you need to cover. I it's it's funny because I've I, over the years and I've been doing uh, this, meaning being in the marketing field for twenty seven years now, and uh, over the years, I you know I'll, I'll be asked that question, uh, for example, about social media. Should I be on social media? My response is, yeah, you, you should be on social media, but th- that doesn't mean you have to be on every social media channel. Meaning, you don't have to necessarily be on. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. And there are more and more Pinterest, more and more uh, coming around. Uh, but what you do choose to utilize, do it well. In other words, stand out a little bit in terms of making sure that you're clear, that you're engaging, um, that when you're, if you're using LinkedIn, for example, or, or any other uh, uh, form of media, social media, such as Twitter, that you use video now and again, uh, that you use graphics of some sort, and that when you do add content, it's something that has some kind of value or some reason for somebody to, to pay attention when you, when you share it. So that having been said, and that's a phrase that I'll use quite a bit, but uh, we'll move on to some uh, traditional means of of marketing and kind of cover the bases there. One of my favorites is still direct mail. And uh, direct mail is still one of my favorites uh, because I I love how much people will say to me, well, you know, USPS is going to be out of business pretty soon. That's been being said for, what, two decades now. Um, We, we think that people don't read their direct mail. But in fact, research will show that it depends on how you deliver your or what you deliver in in terms of or in the form of direct mail. And by that, I mean uh, SIAA utilizes postcards for a lot of its direct mail. As a matter of fact, that's that's, that's in, in essence the only direct mail we do. And the approach there is, first of all, that our postcards are a bit oversized, so they stand out a little bit. They're usually very colorful. Again, that helps them to stand out a little bit. So again, some of the blah uh, white envelopes with black print on them that uh, don't really do much other than maybe make you think that they're a bill, which sometimes is intentional as well, as you know. But we stand out in terms of both the the form, the visual, and then even the content. Because you know if you're looking at a postcard, you're not going to have to do a lot of reading, right? You're gonna, you need to make your points quickly. And you, and you do that uh, typically uh, with a postcard. And what we do is make sure that uh, the message is short and sweet and appropriate to our target audience. In our case, we are, we are sending to typically uh, independent agents, existing independent agents, or perhaps captive agents. And the idea is that we're delivering a message, message that says SIAA can help you drive income and value to your agency, whether you're an existing agency or you want to start your own agency. And it's pretty much a variation of that exact message that we send out month after month after month. And we'll change up the artwork uh, in order to change up the colors a bit. 
Of course, there's still brand considerations there, but still we'll change up the artwork now and again. And the idea is to, again, stand out because it takes some time for you to create some or take some share of mind from somebody. What what do I mean by that? Well, you have to uh, appear visually um, and in other ways, but visually is what we're talking about here, uh, seven to 13 times. You have to make seven to 13 impressions before somebody actually starts to recognize you. And that's what we call top of mind awareness or share of mind. And you'll hear all kinds of terms utilized to talk about that. But the, the bottom line is that you want to do it, you want to make that impression a number of times in order to become somewhat recognizable. And I say somewhat because there's still a lot of noise out there, a lot of clutter, and uh, you want to stand out. And that's what we attempt to do through our postcard mailings. Now, we do have success with those, and I can, I'll can i talk about some of the analytics on that front in just one moment. But I want to, I want to make sure that I'm clear about this. When you create something along the lines of a postcard or any other direct mail piece. Keep your verbiage to a minimum, as I think I alluded to. You want to just have people engage with the few concepts or the few or the one concept and the few words you're utilizing and then have a call to action. So the call to action is what do you want them to do as a result of having read your piece? And that could be visit your website, give you a call, wait for a phone call from you, whatever it is, be clear about it and always have one. In other words, it's nice to make an impression, but if they decide to take the next step or if they decide there is a next step, what is it? You need to outline it for them, for the reader of that piece. So I I say that and I also want to, and if you can't tell, direct mail does, you know, it's a long, um, long lived, tried and true uh, form of marketing. Not that there aren't others there now, but it it is in fact tried and true. And uh, so I want to just make sure that if you utilize this approach, that you uh, are sure to see the list that you utilize when you do your mailing. And by that, I mean, see the list means add your own name to the list, name address. And the idea is that you'll receive what it is you send out. And that can be used for a couple of things. First of all, just confirms that your mailing actually took place. And second of all, it also can be a place, uh, a way to trigger uh, outbound follow-up. And I'm not necessarily advocating that for consumer contact because we have to then get into the whole do not call dot com um, uh, list or dot gov list. Excuse me. Do not call dot gov. But if you're doing it on a a business or a commercial basis, uh, you you should do outbound follow up. The same rules do not necessarily apply to uh, commercial uh, mail and meaning commercial mail going from business to business or even outbound telemarketing business to business. And so, uh, what I'm getting at here is that you are going to do some kind of follow-up, but when you receive your version of the, the postcard, the mailing that you sent out, then you know, okay, it's time for me to, I can start that because now I can reference the piece because it's been delivered. You may want to wait one more day, but at least now you know that it has in fact been delivered. So that would be a very, uh, that's a very uh, easy 
um, not too complicated way to do some marketing, direct mail. And I say not too complicated because it's usually your database or your list that you're mailing to is usually handled through an Excel spreadsheet. And even if you're using some kind of a CRM, customer relationship management system, that you would probably do an export to an Excel spreadsheet. So I don't want to get into uh, too much detail on that on this particular uh, episode, but what I'm getting is that ultimately it can be a pretty easy process and it's pretty easy to get a list too. And while I'm talking about that, getting a list, let me just pause for a moment and tell you that I think it makes sense that you would also have a separate campaign going for your existing clients. There is nothing so um, efficient as marketing to your existing clients, assuming you're doing a good job. And I assume that most of you are. That's why you're still in business. Uh, that's why you're anxious to get your own business going. But the, uh, the fact is that you need, to, um, you need to be able to communicate and deliver to them in the form that they want. But I talk about marketing to your existing clients, as I said, because it's so efficient and you've already established credibility with those folks. Furthermore, the more you sell to your existing clients, obviously the higher retention rate you'll end up with because the higher your cross-sell ratio. And by that, I mean the more services and products a client has with you, the less likely it is that they will end the relationship. And not unlike personal relationships, right? The more ways you're intertwined with someone um, with a, any relationship, uh, the more likely you are to keep that relationship. But the same thing comes to your, your business and your existing clients. So as I talk about, as I was talking about a list and I said I wanted to talk about your existing clients, what I'm getting at is you can do an export from either your agency management system or maybe you already maintain an Excel spreadsheet of your existing clients. And you can identify, obviously, what products they have, what products they most likely need or that they, don't, they do not have with you. So you can create additional lists that become part of your campaign, overall campaign in terms of your marketing initiative. Now, I don't expect that that means that you're going to do uh, the same approach with everyone, meaning I, I talked about direct mail. Direct mail is something that works well, I think, with prospects and ca captures their attention. With your existing clients, it may be far more efficient to do an email marketing campaign. And by the way, I have for years banged the drum about make sure you're gathering the email addresses of your clients. So hopefully most have done that by now uh, and, and you're ready to move forward uh, utilizing that in a couple of ways. One of, one of which is just keeping the lines of communication open by maybe sending out a monthly, bi-monthly or quarterly newsletter. Uh, and the other way is to is to reach out to them uh, to uh, actually cross sell them to another product. You have their auto. You want to get their home. You talk about bundling, saving them some money. Um, and I say saving them some money through that bundling, but I will caution you about selling on price. You really don't want to go there. I, I don't think. I, I think there's a dangerous or a slippery slope to to go down. If your value proposition and any kind of 
marketing piece is about saving your prospects or existing clients money as its sole uh, approach or its, or its key reason why they should do business with you, then you're subject to uh, a high level of attrition as they start to price out as you gather clients who price out every time they renew. So be aware of that. And and although it's not a bad thing to tell them you're going to save them some money, that should not be the reason why they do business with you. They, they should be doing business with you because you're in a professional advisory role with them. You are uh, providing them with great service and you're delivering the product or the insurance that they need at a fair price. And, it, that's kind of the approach I would take. So that's that's the um, that's the uh, offer or the value proposition that I would put out there. So we're a, a little bit uh, all over the place here in terms of uh, talking about the things that you should do from a marketing and communications perspective. But as we were talking about that, I, I'm really thinking about the role that the independent agent plays in their community. And these days, that role means... Uh, a little bit, uh, maybe it's a little bit different than it once was. And especially in light of uh, recent events relative to COVID-19 and everybody being concerned about social distancing, I think it's time to remember that that's part of the reason why some of the technology uh, areas that you've been able to utilize are important. So if you've set up an email system, if you um, currently are on social media, uh, reaching out and supporting folks during difficult times, and not just during COVID-19, but something may be going on in your community, there may be a group that you support, but you can build an awareness through some of those uh, organizations or some of those, if you will, I, I don't want to say using nonprofits to your advantage, but certainly there's nothing wrong with supporting uh, worthy uh, organizations that you do have a strong sense for, you do have a strong affiliation with in terms of wanting to assist. And then, and then not just promoting that, but encouraging others to do the same kind of thing. So it's really an awareness. I mean, and that's really what we're getting to when it comes to marketing, at least initially. It's a top of, I come back to that top of mind awareness approach. And there are, there are a number of ways to do that. And uh, it's not that uh, technology has changed whether or not you should do that. What it's done is it's made it so it's more convenient for people to see that you have done that. Uh, more convenient on their part. It isn't about what's convenient for you, but that, but it but it is something that you should again hone in on and utilize. But what and not you don't have to use everything when it comes to marketing and social media and email, etc. Uh, but you should make sure. Uh, that you are utilizing it well. So if you're doing just Twitter or just LinkedIn or just Facebook, do them well. Whichever one you choose, stand out. I mentioned that earlier. So as I say, let's turn for a moment. What I wanted to do is just spend a couple of minutes talking about some of the other uh, technology components that if you haven't thought about or you aren't utilizing, you really should give them consideration. And by that, I'm really first of all, referencing mobile apps. Now, mobile apps are not going to be used that much at all by prospects. And you need to know before you make the investment in a mobile app, which, which does not have to be exorbitantly expensive, but when you make that investment, what you need to know is you're finding a way to make sure that you're essentially in the pocket of your clients 
24-7 or, or to the extent that they carry their cell phone or mobile device with them. And what I'm getting at there is that your prospects aren't going to use a mobile app to 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 download it and, and put you on their their cell phone because it, there's no uh, there's no justification for it. Whereas your existing clients are going to do that because now they can be in contact with you very easily. And there are some b- real benefits to a mobile app that your uh, clients will perceive and utilize uh, over time. And it includes things like taking an inventory of the things that are in their in their house that they want to make sure are covered when the time comes. So if they have a photo of it and in a description of uh, of an item, heaven forbid something should happen to that uh, item, they readily have evidence of it. Uh, it. Also, the mobile app can be used in the case of somebody getting into an accident. Uh, even if it's just a fender bender, it's a good way to document. And although they may not be able to submit directly, although sometimes they can, it will depend on how the mobile app is, uh, is connected to agency management systems, et cetera. But ultimately, you're there whether you really are or not, when something happens, if you have a mobile app and your clients over time will come to appreciate that. Or what I should say is when they need it, you'll be there. So that's something that really stays with them 24-7, except for when they put the phone away, which might be when they sleep. For some people, I understand it's like, the, the, it's, and, and statistics or analytics show this, that uh, that people, a lot of people actually do a fair amount of reading on their mobile apps um, when they go to, when they're supposed to be sleeping, when they go to bed. So it, it does happen. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, texting. And so when it comes to texting, uh, there's a generation, and, and those of you with children of a certain age, and mine certainly are, you'll find that they will only contact you or be in communication with you through text. And that goes to show you that a generation that is coming up, uh, that's how they like to receive their communications. And so that's a capability that you should give big consideration to if you're not already using it. And that will go, uh, that will go a ways towards cultivating uh, your next set, your next wave, if you will, of, of clients. Now, I, I'm going to turn back one more time because I did promise uh, when we get into the conversation about uh, direct mail that I would talk a little bit about the analytics there. And what I wanted to share with you is that, uh, as I said, SIAA does conduct mailings monthly. Now, our last monthly mailing was over 60,000 pieces. And so we, we do, we probably, uh, as of late, do, you know, I should say, send out fifty to 60,000 pieces uh, a month. And what we see is that the leads uh, that are generated as a result of that f- trail by about a week after our mail hits the street, so to speak. And what I mean by that is that there's a one-week increase to a peak Every time we drop postcards. So what I'm getting at is that all we ask our recipients to do, the prospects who receive our postcards, all we give them for an option really is for them to visit our website. And the website activity drives up and people complete our form on the website uh, in order to have us reach out to them, which in our case, it just means that we're, we're actually making that connection for our master agencies across the country. There are 48 of them. But that's neither here nor there in terms of what does what is the reaction we want the what is the uh, call to action that we put in place 
for those who receive our mailing. And it is visit the website. So, you know, they go to SIAA.net or SIAA.com and they will ultimately complete a form that says they're raising their hand. Yeah, I'm interested. Reach out to me. And, and it does happen consistently every time we drop postcards. So that what I'm getting here at here ultimately is that postcards or direct mail does work. And so don't discard don't discard a potential medium because you don't like it or because you don't perceive uh, it personally that it has value. What you need to do is in many cases some research, and in other cases, actually try something and then look at your analytics, look at your results. What does it do? And then you can make some informed decisions. And once in a while, you're going to miss. And that happens to everyone. There's some kind of, there's some form of medium that just doesn't work for your market. Uh, and by that, I mean your marketplace and for your audience. That same medium may work for a different audience in that same marketplace, but you'd have to play with that a bit, experiment a little bit to make a final determination. So I don't want to keep going on here uh, for the sake of going on. I do want to thank you for joining me today. I hope a little bit of the marketing concepts that I've thrown out there and communication concepts that I've thrown out there are just good food for thought. And what I would like to think is that over the next few months, we'll spend some time with some of your peers who will be willing to share some of the things that they've tried and how they how that worked out for them. We'll also give atten- pay attention to where they're located and maybe what kind of audience they were going after. Was it a certain uh, demographic in terms of age? How about personal income? Did they did they purchase a list that really allowed them to dig into it or were they taking more of a shotgun approach? Those are all things that we'll talk about. And some of the things that we'll, uh, I will bring into focus as well is that sometimes uh, when it comes to measuring a return on investment, the, the cost to get to that level um, it may not be by that level. By that level, I mean before you get too deep into your analytics, you may find an anecdotal solution, an anecdotal um, response or measurement uh, ability, uh, without having to spend money on uh, research or, or further analytics or further analysis. And uh, th- you'll you'll see what I'm referencing as we go through this over time. But what I, I want to do is thank you for, for sharing uh, a half hour of your day with me. Uh, I look forward to our next episode. I promise you it can only get better because it, it can only get better because I won't be the only one talking. And uh, in fact, what you'll do is hopefully hear um, some valuable information from your peers, from others who have tried some things, uh, some who will have succeeded, some who will not. Uh, but even that is valuable information as well, because it's nice to know when there are pitfalls that you at least need to be aware of. Once again, I'm Doug Coombs. I'm Chief Marketing Officer at SIAA, the largest alliance of independent insurance agents in the United States. And this is Independent Agents Talk Shop. Thank you. <laughs>